the sort of draw of the game is it's very, very hard. Fucking hard. It's such a hard game. Because it's so difficult, like, and every enemy is difficult. It, this game is hard. It's hard. Welcome to another episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a podcast where four dudes talk about games. I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. I'm John. And I'm Chris. And today we're talking about um, Dark Souls, um, I mean, Elden Ring. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly has nothing to do with the Dark Souls series. Can't you tell by the title? The highly anticipated new release by From Software. Um, makers of the Dark Souls series and other Souls-likes. This game is a Souls-like. That's the description. That's the type of game it is. It's great. For somebody who hasn't played a Souls-like before, just like in very broad terms, right? It's a game. It's an adventure RPG. You go around killing monsters and slaying giant, huge, and monstrous bosses. And the, the sort of draw of the game is it's very, very hard. And yes. every enemy will kill you in like two hits if you aren't careful. And uh, I don't know what else makes it a souls like. Oh, uh, resting and getting all your health back uh, brings all the little enemies back to life that you just killed. So you know it's just a never-ending shitstorm of death. And yep. I guess I guess the the core mechanic of the souls like is that when you kill enemies, you, you take their soul and you use that to level up. But if you die, you drop all of those that you were carrying, and you have to go pick them up again, or else if you die again, they will be deleted forever, and you've just lost all of them. Yeah, I definitely alt I alt at four today because I did that. I lost, I, I lost like fifteen thousand, and I was just like, "Yep, I'm done. <laughs> I'm calling it for now. I need 15, a break." Fifteen thousand ain't shit. I'll forget about fifteen thousand. Yeah, well, you guys are also like four down. times my level yeah. right now. Yeah, try try me at a hundred thousand. All right, let's. Chris, do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about the story of this game? Massive air quotes for those huge air quotes from Austin. There, <laughs> yeah, yeah the story so, was very clear. So I think one of the one of the big sort of draws for this game was that George R. R. Martin, author of uh, the Game of Thrones series, the um, first five books of the Game of Thrones series. Let's let's be correct. clear. Yeah, be very he clear on and that. Will not write anymore. Correct. He was being brought on brought onto the project to help world build and write the story and develop characters and stuff like that that was one of the big draws i'll leave it there for just a second i'll tell the basic story what we've managed to figure out so you play um what is called a tarnished in an area called the lands between what do those things mean no idea the tarnished were people cast out of the lands between because they were not worthy of the erd tree's blessing what is the erd tree no idea but are now brought back to restore the golden order what's the golden order no idea and become elden lord what is the elden lord no idea at queen merica's side who is queen merica no idea after the shattering of the elden ring all the bosses you fight in the game are demigods who hold pieces of the elden ring how did the elden ring shatter what is the elden ring no idea 
Um, before the shattering was the age of the Erd tree. The Erd tree blessed people and they would become part of the golden order. But the people who weren't blessed were known as tarnished. That still doesn't explain what those things mean. Also, let me just very quickly say uh, that deal with the tarnish seems to be that like when you die you come back to life at a bonfire so i guess being blessed by the earth tree is actually a bad thing yeah because if you're blessed and then you die then you don't come back so then the shattering which is like the, the thing that happens right before the game i guess the whole reason you're doing this is was when the death room was stolen from um, the character named Malakath, and which used to make daggers capable of, yep exactly which used to make daggers capable of killing demigods and there were these characters that you fight in the game called black assassins i actually know what those are um and they were formed and killed godwin who's yeah, I don't know. Uh, which caused a massive fight for power between all the demigods, the Elder Ring was shattered, demigods took pieces, and then Queen Merica told them all to fuck off and sh- shut them out of the capital or something like that. So here's the thing. None of this no. is explained in the game. <laughs> no. It None is. Of it. it is. It's Just not. Very poorly. Very poorly. Very, extremely very, poorly. Very poorly. So Garrett wrote, all, Garrett wrote all of that, and I had I played 75 hours of this game and literally had no idea about any of that. Yeah, like you, I heard you. <laughs> some of these words, and I like I understood that I was tarnished. Uh, there's big trees, and people talk about the Erd tree, so I kind of got that. I've and seen I the Erd trees. That I needed to kill these big bosses to get their pieces of the Elden Ring. Like that is that much generally was kind of clear from paying a lot of attention. But I, like, this is the same thing that Dark Souls games did. George R. R. Martin clearly had no influence whatsoever on this game because this is exactly the way the fucking story was told in the Dark Souls games, which is super vague intro cinematic with a bunch of capitalized terms that aren't explained. And then you just get set out into the world and then occasionally someone will be like, Hello, Tarnished. Yes, before the shattering, it was deadly out here. The Black Assassins (laughs) killed people. And you're like, All right, what... When was that? Do I have could to you, do Could something? you repeat that? No, I can't repeat that. <laughs> no, Sorry. Tarnish. Our conversation is over. All right. Well, fuck me, I guess. There's no, like, journal where you keep your lore. No, 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 no. Like, in the intro cinematic of this game, where presumably they're, like, introducing you to the world, I just want to point out, in the first seven lines of dialogue, there are nine proper nouns that are not explained in the first seven lines of the cinematic. And I'm like, go fuck yourself, game. <laughs> <laughs> just just make it as completely obtuse and inscrutable as you possibly can. How, how am I supposed to know what's going on? It just makes it so transparent that the attaching Martin's name to this was just a marketing ploy and that yep. he had literally no input on the development at all because like even if he wrote all of the story there is no story so like what what did he what did he contribute yeah what i really think is they had all the designs and everything made already and he basically hey can you connect all these designs and he did he did his best with it but they tell it in such a way where it's like you have to read weapon descriptions to find pieces of the story or talk to every character in the game and do all their quests, which is another whole beast in its own. I wouldn't be surprised if he had written a ton of backstory and a ton of world building and a ton of like character stuff, and they just didn't put it in the game. I will say that one of the very obvious contributions is that all of them, probably all of the major bosses, now that I think of it, uh, are his initials. Their names either start with G, R, or M. 
What? Oh, I didn't, notice, you didn't that. notice that. No. Look up nope. a list of the bosses in this game. Their names all yeah. start with G, R, or M. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about like the big bosses. Yeah. All the story yeah. bosses, at least. Right. Because um, they, they try to do a thing where all the related people have similar kind of names. Like all the God guys are related. All the M names are related. And yeah. all the R guys are related. Wow, that's funny. But that's that's hilarious. I didn't even pick that up. That's George R. R. Martin's contribution to this game. <laughs> now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, how do you guys feel about Game of the Year coming out in February? <laughs> hey, there's there's still games coming, man. Ragnarok's still coming. I know. Uh, Evan asked me that the other day when I was playing it. I was like, you know, like there's still some stuff that could come out that could beat it. But I will say that I had played a Souls-like game before, but it was Dark Souls 2, which was probably the worst one, according to most people. And this game is unbelievably good. I haven't put this many hours in a game. I don't, I honestly can't name the last game I put this many hours into. That wasn't like Super Smash Brothers, right? Like That wasn't a PvP or some kind of like, like yeah. player, like that kind of game, yeah. I, I certainly can't think of the last game I put this many hours into in this short of a time. Like every yeah. time I have free time i am playing Elden. yeah it's three same. four five four six hours five a day hours. Yeah. yeah same i mean i, I literally is, as soon as i get on my play addictive as hell it's really really uh fun to play uh, despite the totally garbage story <laughs> i i wanted to i wanted to touch very quickly because garrett mentioned quests so there's like a bunch of npcs um and they will you know that you can talk to in the game and so you can buy items from etc um and many of them will say something like ah i'm looking for this person and you know or this item i i wish someone could go to this castle and find it for me and if you did not write that down or commit it to memory or god forbid you were trying to skip through the first line of text where she introduces herself and go to the next thing um oftentimes it's just gone and yep. you can't get that line of dialogue back. You don't remember what fort she said or what item she was looking for. Mm -hmm. And there's no quest log. There's no marker on your map. You're just, I mean, I guess you can go look it up online. But I skip um, lines of dialogue accidentally all the time. Yeah, me too. Yep, so do I. And it's just uh, like, I love this game, but there are so many like UI problems with it or UX problems with it where it's just like, why? Why did you make it this way? Like, you're just making it difficult for me to engage with your game. It's it seems like it seems like they were trying so hard to live up to the Dark Souls mystery and kind of thing like that, that they just like they put things on steroids that were the worst parts of those games. Yeah, look. Do what Dark Souls does well, which is like brutally difficult combat and this really satisfying uh, system of beating bosses and then throwing yourself at a wall until you finally bash your head through it. Yeah. And like, that's amazing. And they did it so well here and they opened up this world into this open world map that is awesome and really beautiful and amazing to explore. But like, you just need from software, please listen to me. You just need to let go of the shitty storytelling and the shitty, like, trying to hide everything behind walls and like not telling us what items or buffs do like fuck you just just tell me what the things do and then let me go out and play dark souls it's fine dark souls is great it's just 
you're why are you hiding things from me? I don't understand. I it do just think, makes me annoyed. I think the item descriptions were much better in this game than other previous Souls like games. Um, and that's amazing because there's which is still great. shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, like even something that says like increases faith. It's like that's nice. Could you just tell me that it, that it does faith plus five? That would be great for me to know. You know why? Because what I have to do to check an item that says increase faith is I have to unequip one of my talismans and then go to the status menu and look at my faith score and then go back into the equipment menu and then equip the thing that says faith and then go back into the status menu and, and see what see. my faith is and compare those two numbers. Yep. Why? Yep. Why? Yep. My biggest complaint is compare. You can't even compare like a equipment like uh, when you're buying equipment at the guy like i can't yeah. compare to what i'm wearing and it's just like yeah i understand that like what you were explaining to me earlier garrett is like you want different pieces of equipment and stuff but if like i just want a base stat equipment difference like why can't i just compare what i'm wearing to what the guy is selling me although the stats will show up at the merchant you have to actually go in between the two menus to try and figure it out which is like six button presses by the way it's yeah. not like one click nope nope I can't just hit back or select once and back all the way out. It's like, nope, I had to hit it nope. four fucking times to get all the way out. Right. Did and you... Then, then you have to talk to the merchant again. And he says, ah, it's been a long time since I've seen <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. God damn it. Just let me see the fucking arm. Yeah. Which is what we're, you know, we were just talking about the, the freaking lines. It's like, you go talk to anyone else and you're fucked. You can't do anything. This guy repeats the same fucking thing every time you go see him. And it's just like, wait, you clearly can do it. Just do it for everyone. Should we talk about the rest of the game instead of bitching about UI issues? Look, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it is very important, though, that we did a little bitching at the UI because I think most of this game is amazing and incredible and, like we said, super addictive. It's really, really fun to play. But it's 100%. important to point out there are problems with this. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that's there why are I, problems. I'm, I am not cinching this in as a game of the year shoe-in just because of those issues that continue to hang around. But they did do something that departed from the prior Souls games, which all the Souls games before were pretty pretty linear, I would say. There may have been a couple paths you could take, but it wasn't a giant, expansive, open world where you could go anywhere and do anything um, with lots of little secrets to find and dungeons to delve. And this game really does that. Um, and they did do some great UI things here. Uh, there are tons of little save points around the map. And you can just fast travel between any of them at any time, no matter what. So despite the fact that this map is enormous and there's a whole second map underneath the first map, but it's, it never feels like crazy impassable. It never feels difficult to navigate because you just, you go off, you explore a direction, then you find a save point. And you're like, great. And then you can just zap back to where you were before and zap right back to where you just explored. It's great. The number of save points, sites of grace that you can fast travel to, especially within dungeons, like the main story dungeons, all the big castles and stuff, is incredible. Because there's, it's really hard, especially in those dungeons, to get from one to the next one. Like the reason they put that there is because they know they just put you through the ringer and you have used all of your health potions, all of your magic potions, your health is gone, your stamina is gone, like... They know that they just put you through the ringer to get there. And the fact that, like, it might be, you know, just down a hallway. But, like, the fact that you can teleport to one and not have to go through all those enemies again is maybe the best part about this game. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. I think the fast travel system's amazing. Um, and then I think the the uh the goat horse. Ghost. Ghost. Because it's a goat and a horse, and it's also a ghost. And his name is Torrent, and he's adorable. Best character, best character in the game by far. Horse combat in this game is great. Yep. Horse they combat did such is amazing. A good job with it. Yeah. Uh, I, they've never had that in any Souls game. Uh, they've also never had actual jumping in a Souls game, which this game had. Right. Yeah. There's there's legitimate platforming in this game. Like there are a lot of parts of the main quest where you have to like walk out on a tiny ledge and then drop and jump to another ledge that's perpendicular to it 20 feet below you and like i i'm glad they put it in it's interesting it's a it's a different kind of mechanic for this kind of a game and in an open world game i think some platforming is fun um i have found it to be a little janky at times um, oh 100 there are times when you're like oh yeah i can land on that and you land like three quarters on the platform and your character just sort of jitters and yeah. slides off and you die and you're like oh, come on but i've also had instances where that like worked the opposite way for me where i was like very clearly standing on thin air trying to jump <laughs> yeah. onto a platform and like yeah, you had was one just, toe on it and your yeah and like, i was and i was fine you yeah. know so it's like that's that's saved me as well as killed me a couple times right but it's not what I want when I'm out of a platforming experience, right? When I'm sure, doing yeah. platforming, I want it to be tight and controlled. Like, and and doing it as the character is not very tight and controlled. Doing it as Ghost Horse is, oh my I mean, God. it is like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Like, oh, yeah. his, the bottom oh, yeah. of his moves, I think, are made of melted butter. <laughs> it, is just... it is. It is all over the place. Also, yeah. when you're jumping off him, sometimes you want to jump on a ledge and get off him real quick. Sometimes you'll jump backwards off him. Sometimes yep. you'll jump forward. <laughs> sometimes off him. And sometimes yeah. like, no. <laughs> yeah, Speaking of jumping off him, um, I found really early on that the jumping, like jump attacks, was how I got through probably the middle sixty percent of this game with my strength field. It was dual wielding great swords and doing jump attacks, and running straight at an enemy and then jumping off it and doing that attack does so much damage and is so satisfying. That sounds amazing. It was really cool, especially because when you do the that attack, like with those two weapons, you do this like crossing swords kind of thing, like Anakin oh, okay. Skywalker lightsaber sort of deal, and it's like, yeah. it looks so cool um it's very satisfying definitely just did it because it looked cool (laughs) (laughs) also with doing that it's really easy in this game to jump off attack and then get right back on the horse there's been so many times where a horse has literally saved my life like oh and let me just say this for anyone who hasn't played one of these games before and is thinking about picking up elden ring um if you've never played a souls like just a word to the wise it's okay to just skip an enemy or to just skip a boss. Like you don't need to just beat your head against a wall trying to kill that knight <laughs> on the horse that's in the golden armor right in front of the thing. For example, if you just spend like two hours just trying and trying and trying to kill him while you're level one, uh, it's okay. Just leave, just run away and go somewhere else. You, you can yeah. always come back to him later. And it's it's such a thing with Dark Souls games, certainly for me, where like an enemy kills me and I'm like, Oh, you motherfucker, you're going down. I'm coming back for you. I'm, I'm coming to get you. And then I'll spend an hour and a half trying to kill an enemy that's clearly too high a level for me. And I just should leave him alone. 
it's one of my favorite parts about this game, looking back on it now, that they put that tree sentinel right at the front of the game <laughs> just to be like, here's your introduction to Dark Souls, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> one hit kill. Yeah, I mean, I, it, what Austin says is, obviously, I've never played any kind of Dark Souls games, and... I mean, the first night I raged so hard that I said I would <laughs> never play this game again. It was the worst. It was awful. It was the worst, like, three hours of my life because that's exactly what happened. I was just getting dick slapped by an enemy, and I was just like, fuck this. How do you like this game? This is absolutely dog shit. But that is that is a testament to the open-worldedness of this game, right, is that you can't. There are literally five enemies or five bosses in this game that you have to fight, and that's it. You don't have to fight any of the other ones, right? You can just run away, like, and go level up and go do. And the thing is that the world is so accessible and there's the fast travel system is so good and all of that stuff that, like, you can just go explore another area. And in fact, you often should because a lot of the time there's, you know, good power ups, there's good equipment, there's good weapons, there's good magic spells to be found literally everywhere. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I did. Should we should we talk about some of the like the classes and weapons and combat stuff that we that we used? Sure. Um, I could I will happily start and I'll tell you exactly where I started. I've never played any Souls game or any Bloodborne, any of these. This is new completely to me. So I took up what everyone said to play, which is the Vagabond, which is just like a strength build with like you know a good amount of points in every other thing. Like it's it's supposed to be an all around character. It was terrible. I hated my life. It's just, it was not fun to me. I don't know. The, 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 the play style for that character was terrible to me. So there's, so there's like, what, 10 different classes that you can choose from in the game? Like a Vagabond's a strength, the Samurai's into dexterity, and then like there's like, each class has like a, a certain stat it's all built into. I hated the Vagabond. I didn't like it. Again, that could be because it was my first time playing. I just didn't know how to play properly. Uh, I just started a samurai. Uh, his name is Hamurai. He is he is he is Hamurai. <laughs> um, it, it's fantastic. Uh, the blood loss mechanic is amazing. I absolutely love blood loss. It is mm-hmm. one of my favorites, and I just got a new dagger that does blood loss, and it's fantastic. I, um, I I am having so much fun with this character now. Yes, we should talk a little bit. There's all these, so there's the starting characters and they kind of put you on a path, but you don't have to stay with whatever their stats are. They really just give you like a starting weapon, some yeah. starting armor, and like they put a few more points into the thing that they are good at. They suggest. Uh, yeah, exactly. But you could totally start as the samurai and then put all your points from there on out into intelligence and be a wizard. Yeah. It's, and also later in the game, you can respec into whatever you want. Um, you can respec all of your stat points, which is cool. But uh, but yeah, I think the the variety of weapons in this game is is really good. There's tons and tons of different weapons that all have different special abilities as well as different uh, sort of stats. Yeah, and requirements uh, to use and stuff. Requirements to use and how they attack. And then in addition to that, um, there are these things called Ashes of War that you get throughout the game, and they're sort of like a different special move that you can put on a weapon but also give the Ash of War to a weapon and you can give it a particular like damage type. So you can turn your axe into a lightning axe by giving it this Ash of War or a blood axe or a holy or whatever, whatever. There's a million different types of things. Yeah, one of the 
best parts about this game is there are so many weapons and there's so many of those ashes of war type things and so many spells that literally every boss you face you can do any of their attacks you eventually can get it it's in the game somewhere which is really really cool and there is a lot of cool moves um i've i've played around with all the spells there's some ridiculous ridiculous spells that you can do uh, yeah, we should say this is a big game. I'm like 75 hours in. I've only killed three of the five main bosses. I'm yeah. 75 hours in and I'm on the final boss fight, although I skipped quite a lot. Um, Austin, what uh, what what class did you play and what like what kind of build did you do? Yeah, yeah. So you guys are strength and dex. Uh, so I played the prophet who starts off with a little more faith. Um, so kind of doing holy magic stuff, which also in this game encompasses like fire magic. You know, I have healing spells and then uh, I also now have like a scythe that shoots like giant blades of holy light out. That and, sounds amazing. Uh, it's pretty fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am. I am really digging it. I think it's a little easier to play Faith uh, for a couple of reasons. One, you start with a good um ranged attack because you can throw fireballs from the beginning and boy throwing fireballs at enemies and not having to like try and dodge or block every attack at the, in the early game when you're a tiny squishy little guy it's not maybe as like satisfying as like dodge rolling and then stabbing somebody in the back is yeah. you know as just backing away and constantly hurling fireballs until they fall over but it does work uh and the second <laughs> thing is you also get a healing spell uh, like which right is huge and so in a game where you're very very limited at the beginning with how much healing you have between sites of grace slash bonfires save points basically you know you only get like two swigs out of your healing flask and so being able to get you know three or four uh because of your healing spells is really useful when you're first starting the game garrett i know you have like five characters now but just pick one that isn't pick one that isn't strength dex or faith yeah, no, my starting class was a, a intelligence build, so it was all magic. Uh, I will say, with an intelligence build, you really don't start getting good spells until after the second like main boss of the game. Um, so it can be a hard start, because the second area is all magic resistance. So you literally have one spell, you better find a weapon and also play with a weapon that has some kind of intelligence scaling. Uh, but then after that, magic gets pretty ridiculous and probably the strongest thing in the game. You can straight up one shot bosses if you do a correct setup. Wow. It's pretty insane. That's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so John hated the Vagabond, but that's what I picked at the start because I knew I wanted to do just like tanky melee build. Um, and so I did that, stuck with it, went full strength um, and it's a little hard in the beginning of the game. Like, I will say that this game, any sort of ranged attack, be it magic or like a bow with dexterity or whatever, is very, very useful in this game. And you're sort of backing yourself into a corner a little bit by not specking into those stats. But about midway through the game, maybe, maybe even like the second major boss fight, um, I started getting to the point where... I was killing literally every enemy that wasn't a boss in one hit. And the second <laughs> boss I killed in a single digit number of attacks. Um, wow. Okay. Oh my God. It, the strength 
if you spec into pure strength and get the right weapons and figure out how to be a roly-poly and just dodge every attack, um, it's pretty busted in the mid to late game. There are some incredible strength scaling weapons. I've now got, I've now got, um, I think it's technically an axe or a warhammer. It might be a warhammer that does blood loss buildup and heals on hit. And I got a, and I got an ash of war, which is a thing that you can attach to the, the weapons to make, to change their scaling or to power them up or change the quality of them or whatever. Um, The thing it does is um, it's called prelates charge and you just hold the button and you like put it down on the ground and just run forward and like constantly hit enemies. So it's basically like using a healing flask. That's how much health you get back. (laughs) Oh my God. That's insane. (laughs) So So what I did, what I did on the, the second to last boss fight, I summoned my, my mimic character with that thing and no other equipment so that he only used that. Oh changed all mine back to the good stuff. So all okay. he did was oh just God. stand there and do that and just was at full health the whole time drawing aggro <laughs> while I ran around to the back of the boss and just that's hit him amazing. in the back. Oh my God, that's oh, yeah. genius. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. I mean, um, anything else about anything else about gameplay, gear, talismans, equipment? Well, like... just, just the amount of wacky, fun builds that you can do in this game, just based off a weapon. You see a weapon that can do some really cool Ash of War, you, it completely changes the game for you. And that's what's so great about this game, because I've, I've played a lot, and I have barely touched the surface with this game. There is so much in it. The, the biggest testament for how good this game is to me is that after spending those 75 hours doing this, I want to start over and play with a different build just to mm-hmm. see what the experience would be, like how different it would be with like playing, you know, a sorcerer or something that had a ranged type of thing. Now, with everyone saying how long the game is, the yeah. speed run is currently under 30 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy 30? It was like 50 minutes <laughs> under, last week. It's under 30 minutes. <laughs> um. Should we talk about PvP? It's it's based off your level and based off your weapon level. So you you shouldn't get too outmatched. There shouldn't be like a level 100 when you're 30. That's never going to happen. Plus, usually it favors the player that's being invaded. So you're they're usually about 10 levels higher, maybe even more than the person oh, invading. That them. explains why I got bopped all the three times yeah, that I did yeah. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and they'll usually sometimes have three people playing against your one person. So it's really only good to invade once you start having builds that are specific. Because then if you have a crazy weapon and a crazy build, I can easily take on three guys because they're not ready for this insane weapon art or something. And it's really entertaining to do. Um, the way you invade, you you go to these little like summoning pools and then you... Uh, activate it and then you can do your summon your invade finger in the multiplayer menu and it just eventually you'll just invade someone so you can you can continue the uh to play the game and level up or do whatever but you just have that going so it'll just all of a sudden let you go away and then invade someone i did like that element where you didn't have to like sit in a loading screen or a menu or a lobby or whatever like you could just keep playing the game while it's looking for someone to connect you to i i liked that well it's like Um, the same for when you're summoning someone to help you right like you just place your you're like place your thing saying you'll you'll help someone do it right 
You don't yeah. have to sit yep. there. And then you could just go off and wait till they summon yeah. you. Yeah. That was that that is a really cool aspect of that. Uh anything else about this game? I will just say that this game is hard. It's really hard. That is done intentionally and that's what makes it addicting is that like like because it's weird to me that we're having so much fun like like you get beat by an enemy that tree sentinel right in the front and you just go i'm gonna beat this guy not i should run away or i should do something different am i in the wrong or, place oh, am i too low a level <laughs> yeah like you're just going like oh i'm gonna get you you know like that this game yeah, it just does that in a way that no other game has ever done. Well, and every enemy is beatable because every enemy just has a certain set of moves and you always have, you know, your shield or your dodge roll. And like, if you can learn their moves correctly, even if you're only doing a 50th of their health bar with every time you hit them, like if you are perfect, if you can dodge every time they attack you, you can kill any enemy in this game. Yep, yep. And that's what makes it so addictive. But yeah, I mean, it's it's so fun to to fight a boss again and again and again and slowly get better and better and get so close to beating them and then have them kill you at the end. You're like, oh, motherfucker. And then when you finally beat them, you just, you you get to release that bellow of being a It's so satisfying. Champion. You're like, yes, yeah. take that. So, yeah. so oh, satisfying. I, you just feel so good. You're like, I yeah. am a champion. <laughs> uh, well, should we uh, should we get to our most beloved of segments then? Hey. Let's talk about the music. Um, so there's like five different composers of the music on this game. They're all from software veterans from either Dark Souls 2, 3, Sekiro, or Bloodborne. Most of them did multiple of those things. They've all worked together before. Not only do they all compose sections of this game or segments of the score, um, they most of them play instruments on it as well, um, oh, which cool. is cool. I really like the main theme of this game. The thing that plays like over the title screen is great. It's just big, like dark, brassy choral arrangement, a lot of drums, really driving kind of thing. And most of the game sort of takes cues from that, I would say. Uh, there's a pretty significant element of audio cues in this game. So like you can be going through an area and that area's theme just sort of is playing quietly in the background but then there is like a combat theme and it'll start playing when like an enemy notices you and that's really helpful when an enemy is approaching you from behind or really quickly um just give you that little bit of warning that's really well done in this game definitely had that today while i was playing i was like i was i was writing i was walking through an area and all of a sudden the music changed and i was like where is he where is he somebody's <laughs> yeah. coming for me <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. most of the score of the game is pretty brass heavy. There's a lot of, there's some pretty significant string section elements, and then the percussion is just all over the place. It's just, it's really, it's supposed to be, um, supposed to give you a lot, evoke a lot of tension, um, because the, the strings do, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the strings do some weird you know, like what you'd think of as like Halloween strings where they're like really high up on the neck and doing really fast back and okay. forth like yeah, that yeah. and doing like, you know, creepy and like weird slides that are sort of discordant. Um, 
that all that is done really well. I think my the thing that stands out to me are the boss fight, fight themes. So they all have their own specific, each boss has their own specific theme that plays during their boss fight. And those are the best parts of the game. Not only that the boss fights are the best part of the game, but those are the best sections of the score for me. I think the Godric boss fight is my favorite. This, the music for that, the string section just goes absolutely buck wild Dude, in that. Yeah. Um, and that the, I think my favorite part about that was like, yeah, like, okay, so you, you go through this door and the boss fight starts and it starts this big like combat thing and everything's sort of sweeping along and going faster and pulsing or whatever. And then at certain points, it really pulls back. And there's like a violin solo for like one measure or something like that. And then everything comes back. The whole orchestra comes back into the score and um, increases that tension again. And a a lot of times in the boss fights, when they do those like transitions into the second phase and they're sort of a cinematic, they go completely silent, which is cool. And then like for the boss to do like some sort of, some sort of voice line or something. And then, and then bring the, they sort of bring the music back up while you're transitioning out of the the cinematic into the into the gameplay again. That is really well done. There are are 68 tracks on the official soundtrack. I just looked that up today, um, which is a lot. Yeah, um, like three hours of music total. So um, it hasn't been released on Spotify yet in the United States. Um, I tried to find it, couldn't find it. But it is the whole thing is on YouTube, and I would go give it a listen. It's pretty cool. Hell yeah! That's basically it. All right, let's uh, let's talk about our final thoughts. Obviously, this is a this is a triple A game. This is a sixty dollar game. My thoughts on this game: if you, for some reason, I can't imagine there's anyone out here who this applies to, but if you liked the Dark Souls games and weren't sure if you should get this game. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. I feel like the Dark Souls fans are a pretty dedicated fan base. Anybody who likes the From Software games, if that's you, this is such a no-brainer. It is way by far the best Souls game that's ever been made. Uh, don't be afraid of the open world. It truly makes everything better. It is so fun to explore. It uh, it doesn't feel like it's bogged down. It feels like there is just cool shit to discover around every corner. If you've never played a Dark Souls game before um, and you've you've been wanting to get into it, I think this is the best entry point to the series so far. I think it's definitely the most accessible. That being said, it's still not an accessible game. Like we said, the story is totally inscrutable. Uh, There's a lot of UI elements that aren't clear. Uh, There's even parts, uh, there's like combat mechanics that you won't really internalize or understand unless sort of somebody tells you about them or unless you're paying really, really close attention in the, in the first part of the tutorial Uh, and just generally like not knowing how you upgrade your weapons or like what different stat points will do for you and how to play multiplayer. Like nothing is very well explained. So this is a great game. If you take the time, I would really, really highly recommend uh, if you can find somebody who, you know, who, has played a Dark Souls game because they can give you some sort of advice. Um, you can also pop into our Discord. We have lots of people in there who are playing and are really happy to teach. And uh, or I guess if all else fails, I'm sure there are great you know YouTube videos or whatever that can give you some tips for beginners. 
I don't usually recommend that stuff for most games. I think it's necessary for this game to either have like a mentor or to actually go look at stuff because yep. it's hard to know what to do and how things work. It's just not well explained. That all being said, the combat is so fun. The bosses are so fun. The exploration is so fun. Leveling up and getting new items and attaching different magic spells and attaching different ashes to your different weapons to make crazy combos happen. It's amazing. The primary gameplay loop in this game is phenomenal. It is so fun to fight every enemy in the game. There's never an enemy that you're like, oh, whatever, it's just a rat. Like, no, if you fuck around, those rats will murder you in three seconds. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and, John, you know a little something so about that? No. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking rat. Garrett almost watched me so die fun. earlier. Yep. <laughs> fucking rat yeah. popped out of nowhere, and then there's four of them. And it's like, what the fuck? Where'd they come from? swarm you and attack Holy your fuck. You get yeah. broken and you get uh, hurt. Fuck. But, like, that's what makes the game so fun is because every part of it feels important it feels necessary it feels like you are on the edge of your seat and you've got to be fighting with all your hardest um this is an incredible game if you want something to test your video gaming to make you feel strong and smart and powerful and amazing about yourself every time you kill a group of enemies every time you kill a boss you're gonna really love this game if you're looking for something to relax like stardew valley i would stay very very far away from this game (laughs) yep (laughs) but Highly recommend for sixty dollars if that is at if that at all sounds fun to you. Uh, this is a hundred percent game of the year. I I refuse to believe that there's any game that's going to come close to this. I would pay a hundred and fifty dollars for this game. This game <laughs> is is probably my favorite game one, of all time. One dollar per hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's two hundred. But. Uh, yeah, this game is amazing. They did such a good job with it. Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, a- any DLC that comes out, I'll be buying immediately. Like, yeah, this game is amazing. Uh, yeah, coming from never playing it before, like Oz said, coming from someone who's never played any of the Souls franchise, uh, I was very hesitant. I... I, I recommend this game hands down to anyone. I mean, anyone I talk to at work or at, during the day who plays games and have been like, oh, I'm thinking about it. I tell them, go home and buy it now. It's great. And I, I'm with Garrett. I will pay for any of the DLCs that come out. It's fantastic. I'm having so much fun now. I think this game is great. Reiterating what Austin said, but I have trouble recommending this game to anyone because I know there are a lot of people out there, like casual gamers who this game is hard it's hard and if you are not on it you're gonna hate this game and like you might be able to get there if you can put in the hour again if you have the time to put in the hours i'm gonna double the number of hours i've already put into this game but like i don't know people don't have the time to dedicate that and like i can't recommend it to those people that being said i obviously love this game having only ever like partially played one of the souls likes before and it's very, very good. As far as like bang for your buck, like this game may be the best I've ever seen. The amount of content in this game for $60 is unbelievable, especially in today's era where shit gets released unfinished or whatever. Like, we, yeah, Chris, Chris, calm down. We don't need another Halo rant. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. I think that's going to do it for us here at Hidden Doors and High Scores. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Next time, we're going to be talking about Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Until next time, I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. I'm John. And I'm Chris. You can find us at HDHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Make sure to follow us on Twitter for notifications about episode releases and check us out on Twitch to see what we're playing and talking about. It's still Elden Ring. It was Elden Ring last episode. It's still Elden Ring this time. All those links and a link to our Discord will be in the show notes for this episode. Come join us in Discord. Like we said, send us questions, comments, whatever. Join us. Invade us. Stream snipe. You know, whatever you want to do. (laughs) Not me, please. (laughs) Come hang out with us. We play games every night. We like it when people join in. Keep tickling those bats.